0: Eric Gill, Pastor Eric Gill. We're back. We're back. You're back. I'm back. You're back. I yeah. mean, I've been here. I haven't gone anywhere. But, you haven't gone but, anywhere. Nope, I've in been here. In the last month,
1: you have not gone no, anywhere. I've been here.
0: I've been here what about in the doing last Beyond the Pew podcast. I haven't missed one Beyond the Pew podcast. You haven't missed any. No, have I missed any? You're right. You I have missed. not. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You have. I missed one. Yep, You have. Yeah. And uh, you've been away for a little bit, so now you're back from sabbatical. You've been gone for, I think it's like 12 weeks. Spell sabbatical. You've been gone for like 12 weeks Can Rest you spell sting? sabbatical? I can. Go ahead. S-A-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L. Nice. Look it up. Sabbatical. Yeah. That's what it nice. is. Sabbatical. But uh, oh, I like it. Anyhow, you've been gone for like 12 weeks, and you're back. And uh it hasn't been 12. It's been a couple but you've been busy about the work of the Lord because yeah. you have been on missions trips overseas overseas missions, to the homeland and then you went to camp with students camp seeing them and you were you're kind of like a renowned almost worldwide speaker now because nope. you were speaking at Word of Life you As, know and not, um, not to you the, come nope. back you come back to Akron Ohio area and you're helping and leading up front with programming for Maranatha Kids summer edition and doing all that, um, which you were spectacular at. And then you're even preaching this Sunday in church. You're expounding the word, and we're looking forward to that because it's always great. And uh, you've just been a busy guy about the work of the Lord. And so we're glad <laughs> in your schedule you have made time Listen, for Beyond the Pew If you're podcast. watching Beyond the put right now or <laughs> Wait, you're listening to us what? right now. Beyond the what? Beyond the Pew. Okay. okay. Yeah,
1: that's what I said. If you're watching or listening.
0: I thought no. you said beyond
1: the putt. No, I, thought I thought you were going to be all encouraging today. I am
0: encouraging. Said, oh. I'm saying you you're here, and I'm yeah. thrilled. So
1: Bruce is coming in today no. with his persona that he's going to be extremely encouraging. So I don't, am encouraging. Do not let him dismiss. No. Don't let this dismiss you from what's going on here. This is not really
0: Bruce. Okay, first of all, I feel like I was just recounting the things that you've been doing lately, and I want people <laughs> to know you have been busy about working for the Lord, camp missions trip. Maranatha Kids Summer Edition, preaching, expounding... And so we're privileged that you're back with us. We're beyond be on the pew. So thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in today. By yeah, the way, everybody thank listening, you. Yeah, thank you so all much. around the world. We're excited to be back all around the world, all around the listening world, listening from all around the world, right. um, to be on the pew. <laughs> so Eric, let's get in. Yeah, let's, let's get, get into, some into questions, it. Right, man. So We've been. I feel like last week,
1: you know, you were asking a lot of questions, so I, I think it's, it's time for you to answer. Okay, some. that's
0: right. We had Steve, uh, Pastor Steve, here last week, which well, he did fantastic. Filling in, he so, did a good job. Thank you, Pastor he did a good job. Steve. Pastor Steve thank uh so
1: let you know. I'm going to start with this can church be too big or too small? Ooh, can
0: church be too big or too small? Or And too how do you define that? What at yeah. what point does it become too big? Yeah, that's that's and a what, good question. You know? I guess um that's an individual kind of question uh response for folks, right? Um you know, uh biblically speaking, you know, you have a a church the ecclesia, right, is the Ooh. is the called out assembly or group that's, that's gathering Greek. that's that's coming to worship the Lord, and um, there are certain elements that would be present in a church service with the public reading of Scripture and the public proclamation and teaching of the Word and a fellowship and and worship. Um, you know, you'd have uh, identified leaders, elders that would be in positions of leadership over individuals. But when it comes to actually how bigger, how Uh, small should church be, um, there really is not a biblical prescription for that, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The Bible doesn't say you must have 20 or you must have 120. Um, You know, a lot of people quote the verse out of context where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That passage is specifically in the context of church discipline, which is interesting because most people talk about that. Yeah. That, well, if two or three are gathered, the spirit of God's with us. Well, the spirit of God's with you, even if it's just you, because yeah. He's inside of you. But that that context is in church discipline. So there's really not anything that I would see biblically that describes how big or how small a yeah. church should be. <clears throat> and you know, around the world today, we have all different size churches. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I feel like what would be necessary. For, for um, a called-out assembly of people to be identified as a, a church or a local church yeah. would be the, uh, you know, the establishment of godly leadership, elders, pastors, that yeah. would be in spiritual oversight, where the elements that are described in Scripture of baptism, Lord's table, preaching, reading of Scripture, prayer, yeah. worship, all that would be present— and that might be 20 people, that might be 20,000 people. Yeah. Um, but you really don't see anything prescriptive yeah. scripturally about the number.
1: And I think, too, like, as you're looking into this question, like, can church be too big or too small? Like, I think that also with that, it goes to aspect of fellowship. I think that is a crucial aspect of it, you know? Like, it don't sure. matter if you are, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if I come to church to Maranatha and like, I walk through those, I'm like, man, this church is too big for me. Or if mm-hmm. I walk to another church where there's 100 people, man, this church is too small for me. I think that really what should define that is your level of fellowship. You know, if you're not connecting with people, it doesn't matter if you're a fifty people church or if you're a thousand people church. If you're not connected, if you're not having that fellowship with one another, uh, you're not going. It's gonna feel either too small or too big for you. You know, yeah. and yep. I think that's why it is important to recognize that as you are gathering with a believer under that structure of church that you just described, there is a role of each believer to look for that fellowship. You know, here in Maranatha, we say connect, grow, and serve. Sure. And it's intentional that the first step is connect. You have to connect with one another because if you're not connected, you're, you know, whether you're a church like Maranatha, you will feel lost here if you're not connected. Yeah. Which is why it's important to be connected.
0: Yeah. Those are excellent points. Yeah. Um, I think those are fantastic points to bring out. I would say the other thing <laughs> that we would want to tell people when they're attending church Is that a lot of times um, church feels too big because Mm -hmm. there's not been an effort on their part to connect, as you were talking about? So, take our church for example, and we're not the only church that preaches the gospel. We're not a perfect church, we're a healthy church. But for folks that are coming to Maranatha Bible Church, they attend a couple Sundays, they leave, and the answer for their leaving is it's just too big. Too big, right? Yeah. Um, Well, we've purposely put into place different avenues for people to be able to connect. With others, through our adult Bible fellowships that meet on Sunday mornings, our ABFs, that takes a large group setting like a Sunday morning service Mm -hmm. where we have hundreds and hundreds of people and it breaks it down into 20 to 40 or 50 people. Um, we have our connect groups that meet, um, you know, during the fall and winter months where it takes even what would be an ABF of maybe 30, 40 people and breaks it down to 15 or 20 people in people's homes. Mm -hmm. So for individuals that want to be connected and they don't want to get lost in a large church, um, you know, at Maranatha, what we've invited people to do is to be a part of one of those adult Bible fellowships, be a part of a connect group, a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And that makes big church kind of shrink a little bit so you can have those connection points.
1: Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. So let me transition to this big and very important question. If you had no responsibility in a day, let's say <laughs> tomorrow you don't have no responsibilities,
0: what would you do? If it was just me, or is that incorporating my family? Like, it just isolated me by myself. You, you
1: by yourself. You by yourself.
0: Um, So tomorrow, if I had zero responsibilities, didn't have to worry about doing any home projects, didn't have to worry about the kids, I would probably start my morning off... Um, by going to the golf course playing eighteen holes of golf. Really? Yes. I you, would that love that. Av- av- if it's nice. Well, I love the golf, but I haven't had a chance to golf because of scheduling. So wow. I would go that's immediately what I would do is I would be scheduling a you time. You would really spend your day golfing. Well, not the whole day. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But I would spend, you know, first few hours. Of the morning, have a tea time, maybe 7 o'clock tea time. What will be your score at the end of it? Uh, depends on which course I'm going to, Eric, but I'm not a scratch golfer. I mean, I, so I don't what claim be, to what, be... what is your best course? Ever? Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to tell you that. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't really keep like a, yeah. a log of like, where am I at? I, I don't golf enough. I tell you, I was really good the first time I went. I heard about that. I heard, I heard about that. First and only time. Yeah, I heard that you were so excited about golfing that when you went... To swing and hit it, you actually fell over. We don't talk you, about that. Because you swung no, so hard. So, we don't talk about Bruno, and we don't talk about that. Yes, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Maranatha Kids Summer Edition still yeah. on the mind. Yeah, it's still Bruno. on the mind. But that's how my day would start. <laughs> I would start off by going to the golf course, get in 18 holes of golf. It's a nice day. If it was a nice day, which it would be. And uh, because it's the ideal, right, scenario. Mm-hmm. If it was just me, do that. Uh, after that, go somewhere for lunch that maybe I, you know, whatever I'm hungry for that day. Go to lunch. Um, after that. Um, man, I don't know. I might, uh, might want to catch a movie, um, something, you know, um, but nice. it's tough because yeah. everything initially I would be thinking about would involve With the family. my family, yeah. right? That yeah. I, That's the first thing I would think about is like yeah. involve the family. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's how I would start. How about you? What would, what would be your ideal to start the day off? Oh, uh, it would be, it would probably
1: be, I will, I will get up, get some really good coffee, Get a really good, nice breakfast. Mm-hmm. I love breakfast; my favorite meal. And then from there, I will probably take a time to uh, just watch some shows. Just what just, shows? Um, I just re rewatched Reacher. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I
1: really like those, like kind of shows. Yeah. Uh, where it's you know action packed, you know. Yeah. So I will watch something like that. Then I will go to. Uh, if I could have him Mount Way, I would want to play softball. I would love to play softball.
0: Well, you were most professional baseball player, no, so that not. makes sense because no. <laughs> you were being highly recruited. No, when you I was were not highly recruited, but I would uh, like to yeah. play softball, yeah.
1: and then um, <laughs> I would like to eat some really good steak. Oh, yeah. Medium, steak medium term. You, know? you like medium? Medium. That's medium. how I, that's yeah, how like I get pink. my steak. Yeah. See, see? Yep. You know, if you go beyond, like, medium well, I feel like you, you, you need can't to confess. can do medium yeah. well. I can't
0: even do medium well. No, no,
1: you can't, but I'm just saying, like, I will give you the benefit of the doubt if you go to medium well. Like if you go to a medium well, not you. Like if a person eats their steaks and they take, okay, my, I'm gonna eat it at a medium well. Okay, I'll give you that grace. But beyond there, yeah, I, don't I feel like, like you have to come to much. church and go to the altar.
0: Medium yeah. medium well is too much. Yeah, that's too far. But you're right on. I mean, your day sounds better than my day because yeah. I, I think your day is perfect. Yeah, I like every, <laughs> I like everything about your day. Maybe, maybe I like, we'll time it out and like, we'll do it together. Yes, that'd be good. that will be good. <laughs> so,
1: uh, l- let me ask you uh, this question now that you're so encouraged. Can we
0: pause for a second? Because I just want to tell you the shoes today. Wow. Yeah. New shoes, nice shoes. Yeah. Uh, matching the hat, the coordination. Yeah. I was expecting. Listen, that. monkey see, monkey dudes. Yeah, I so. was expecting the ideal day for you was going to start off with you doing some like wardrobe design because you were a designer, weren't you, for a little while? Didn't you do like wardrobe design or like a stylist of some sort? I didn't do did wardrobe. but I You were a I did. stylist. You were a stylist. I was a stylist. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I would have expected to hear. But go ahead. Yeah, I I would have expected to hear that initially. Well, you're
1: uh, you're not longer encouraging. Anymore? I am encouraging. Oh, I'm saying I'm okay. just I'm just
0: encouraging. So you know,
1: Bruce, and keeping yeah. on with that. Um, you know, what is Maranatha's views on end time?
0: Well, mes- uh, end times, end times <laughs> at Maranatha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would be not when Maranatha going to end, but like the end yeah, times, you know, I eschatology. Mean, um. We would be consider. we would, our doctrinal statement would specify that we are a pre tribulational rapture church. So we believe in pre tribulational rapture. That, mean? that the church um, will, will be called out of this world, uh, that Christ's return in the air will call the church up. And so prior to the tribulation period, the seven tribulation year, period being those seven, seven years year tribulation period after when the
1: Antichrist will be, yeah, here. the seven
0: year tribulation period that is described in, in good detail in Revelation, the book of Revelation, the church would be raptured out pre tribulational rapture of the church. We believe in a seven year tribulational period or a literal seven year tribulation period. Yeah. Then we believe following the tribulation period will be the, the second, re- the, the advent of Christ coming yeah. back, the second return. Um, and A uh, second coming of Christ And then uh, Christ will set up a millennial kingdom thousand year reign So yeah we would be what would be considered A pre-tribulational rapture um, Pre-millennial tribulational period um, And we believe in a literal thousand year reign of Christ um, That is future to will be Will he fulfilled. be here on earth? Yeah then he will believe? come down He will establish his kingdom yeah. here and, and then after and the rule. thousand year what would happen? Yeah after the thousand year period You'd have the battle of Armageddon um, And then there will be new heavens, new earth um, the earth will be will be burned with fire, and uh, there'll be a new heavens, a new earth, and then there's the eternal state. And you we believe will,
1: we believe here that the belie- that those that believe in Jesus prior to this event will get to witness all of that.
0: Yeah, those that believe in Jesus uh, that would be considered part of the church age would be raptured with Christ, but then we will return with Him, um, and. We you know, will return for the thousand year or yep, we'll will return, return we'll, be, the, we'll, we'll return with him in the thousand year period we'll be here with him. Uh, we'll continue with Christ for the for eternity, internal state, okay. new heavens, new earth. so okay. Yep. So then with that, let me ask you this question. what is your favorite miracle in the Bible? My favorite miracle in the Bible yeah. that's a great question. There's so many there's so many great. incredible miracles. Um, you like men running or blind men running? <laughs> yeah. yes pastor yeah. steve I should have asked him yeah. about that last week um I should have asked but him. but
1: that. genuinely that's my favorite my favorite is bartimaeus okay that's my favorite why that
0: one what, what's the
1: reason? I, I just love the story of bartimaeus and how you know he's blinded he hears about jesus crowd is telling him to be quiet he's screaming he knows that the only person that will uh could, could have the potential to, to to change his life right there is Jesus and he does whatever he takes. He doesn't run to Jesus, but he does whatever he needs to see that happen and just yeah. the fate in Bartimaeus and also the, the flip side of how Jesus among the noise, among the crowd and among the people telling him to move on, don't waste your time. He stops and yeah. listens to this
0: guy. So I love that story. Yeah. Um I guess I'll give you I'll give you two. I'll give you one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Ooh. Yours is fantastic by the way though. I like that story <laughs> as well, but The Old Testament, it makes me immediately think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Uh, and Daniel, because it's all in the book of Daniel. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't know that story, read the book of Daniel, where Daniel's three friends, they're thrown into a fiery furnace because of their uh, refusal to bow down to an idol. And the passage says that when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, they looked and they saw not just three men, but four in the fire. Um, And the fourth was like the Son of God. And so... um, I love that miracle because it it literally is telling us that Jesus was in the fire with them. Like, it literally is telling us he was in the fire with them. And then I love that when they come out of the fire, the way the passage describes that is that they were not touched by the fire. Not a hair of their head was seared. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Like, the passage tells us that. So... I love that miracle. You should read that, uh, Daniel. And um, But it's just God goes above and beyond. Like they could have, you know, you have a campfire. You smell like fire. Yeah, he like could have stopped there. like, Yeah, but they didn't even smell like fire. Smell. It was almost like, yeah, this didn't touch them. Yeah. And I love a little bit later on in the book of Daniel where Daniel's thrown into the lion's den because, he's hanging out. you know, and he says uh, the next morning King Nebuchadnezzar comes to the lion's den. he's like, Daniel, like, has the God that you serve protected you? And Daniel's like, yeah, King, I'm good. My God has shut the mouths of the lions, and he's just chilling with lions all night. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we read a little bit later on that those that accused Daniel were thrown into that land of lions, and the lions devoured them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, man, God did this. And the way Daniel describes it is the Lord shut the mouths of the lions. And so, again, Book of Daniel, great miracles. New Testament, one of my favorite New Testament miracles, one I just preached on recently, was when Peter walks on the water Mm -hmm. to go to Jesus. And I love that passage because, first of all, it's, it's a miracle enough that Jesus is walking on the water. Yeah. He's the son of God. Yeah. But then that Peter would say to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Peter gets out of the boat and begins walking on water. This is just a mere man, mm-hmm. right? But through the empowerment of the Lord, yeah. he's able to do the miraculous as well, walk on water. And it's yeah. just a great reminder. There's so much in that text. Yeah. When Peter shifted his focus off of Christ, to begin yeah. to sink. But I love that miracle, and,
1: and I like this, that that miracle because it's like one that people give Peter such a hard time. But yeah, to be told, Peter was the only other person that ever walked on P- water. Peter walked on water. So, you know, he Come had on. enough faith to get out of the boat. So yep. I agree. Anyways, maybe we should be easier on Peter sometimes. I agree. Uh, yeah. The question, the reason why I ask you that question is because one of the ones that was submitted is, uh, why don't we see many overt? I don't know what that means, but many overt miracles in modern day in America.
0: Yeah, I think the reason we don't necessarily see as many miracles in, in America, um, you know, could, could go back to what, what was the original intent of miracles. Yeah. You know, the, the apostles were empowered by Christ. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit following the day of Pentecost with certain sign gifts that were to be used for the purpose of authenticating the message, that they were delivering. So in the establishing of the church, when the spirit gave gifts and when they were empowered and the apostles were empowered, those that saw the resurrected Christ and sent out, they had certain gifts that were given to them to be used as a sign to authenticate the message of the gospel. One of those gifts was sign gifts in the sense of they were able to do miracles. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are certain gifts whose function and purpose seems to have ceased Based upon the reasoning behind them to begin with, mm-hmm. so you know for example, the gift of tongues was used as an authentication to the unbelieving jew where where people would be able to speak in a dialect, a known language, and presentation of the gospel as confirmation. Miracles that were performed, signs that were performed was to show forth while wow, God is with this individual they the message that they 're preaching about Christ has has reality to it, and look at how God has empowered them. So I don't know that we see as many signs or miracles, not just in America, but around the world today, because I don't know that some of those gifts truly are in existence today in the way that they were used in Bible times. Now, that being said, God is able to do the miraculous, He'll do whatever He wants to, and it's not necessarily that we don't see God doing that, but I think a lot of times in America in particular, we can tend to not give credit to God for those For those things that do take place, yeah. and an example would be we know a number of people from our church that have had cancer and they 've been told they have a very limited time to live or have had uh, heart problems or heart issues or had different physical issues that the doctors have told them you have a very limited time left, weeks, maybe months, and years later they 're still thriving like for yeah. the lord right and, and to me, that is a miracle yeah. of the Lord that the lord yeah. would would heal that he would provide for them in a way that medical doctors and the medical community would say, there's no way this should be able to happen. It can't be explained. So I don't think it's necessarily that miracles aren't happening. They are. I think sometimes we're, you know, um, not giving God the credit that is due, but I do think unlike in biblical times where there were specific individuals who would be gifted with the gifts to perform miracles. I don't know that that necessarily is in existence today, at least that I've seen. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Overseas, it sounds like there's a lot more stories being shared of miraculous yeah. things. And I believe part of it is because yeah. they have no other explanation than to say, this is the Lord that has done this here in America. We can attribute it to the medical community. We can attribute it to medicine. We can attribute it to lifestyle. We can all kinds of things. Um, and sometimes we can rob God of yeah. that glory. So,
1: and, and I think too, like if you were to go by the definition of miracle, so you have the Oxford dictionary, this is how I define it. The secular, by the way, a surprising and welcoming event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Yeah. So that's how they will define it. So in light of that, too, like I I also like to reference to like when you're asking yourself, is, is the Lord, is miracles still happen today? One miracle that is continued to happen all over the world is the fact that God, through his son Jesus, is bringing people from death to life. Yeah. You know, I think that if we go by that definition, that is a great example of a yep. miracle. You know, you and I, sinners left to ourselves, yep. you know, that are condemned because of our nature, and then this gospel message that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross by all, and rose from the dead. By us believing in that, we are being raised from death to life. Yeah. That's a miracle. No, that's... You know, that's the, that's yeah. a miracle right there. And so... To see when churches, thought other churches in our area, other churches in the world to see people getting saved. Yep. You know, that's a miracle. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that miracles are not happening. They are sure. happening. You may not see them to the scope of, you know, someone opening the the, you know, Lake Erie in half, you know. But lives are changing and every yeah. life change is
0: a work of God. Yeah. That's an excellent point. I mean, yeah. I think I think that's a fantastic perspective to put that the greatest miracle is someone who's spiritually dead being made alive. Like, that's an impossibility apart from Christ. It can't happen. There's no explanation for that other than God has made us alive, right? And so uh, So, you are on it today. Guys, this is a
1: rare form of Bruce. He's not going to be like this next week, so enjoy (laughs) while it lasts. Uh, So as a kid, (laughs) what what did you want to do when you grew up as a kid? I wanted to be a professional baseball player when you, I was a kid for a you little did. while. Yes, you uh, did. for a little while. So you've been um, giving me a hard time about me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this whole time. You wanted to be a professional There's player. There's <laughs> a difference. Listen, listen. I'm going to encourage what you. Team, what, I'm team, encourage what team, you team did you, you want to be part? What team did you want uh, to sign The in? Cleveland Indians is who you I wanted to play for. You wanted to, to be in the for. Cleveland Indians? Yeah. When I was no. a kid, when I was a young of kid. Of all the teams, hold on, hold on. I don't want to be so quick to dismiss this. Yeah. Of all the major league teams in the MLB, you wanted to be drafted or pegged or play for the Cleveland Indians? Yes.
0: yes. When I was a kid, I was a huge Cleveland Indians fan. Wow. Um, and this is when Joe Carter played for the Indians, Corey Snyder, uh, all these guys uh, that played for the wow. Indians. And so I was a huge Cleveland Indians fan. Now, let me just back up for a second because the, this is when you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's when I was like a little kid, right? But let me just back up for a second because there's a huge difference between what, what, me saying, How old were you? How old were you? Are you? Five, six years old, yeah. seven years old. Oh, There's a kid. difference between me saying I want to be a professional baseball player and me saying, hey, I've been highly recruited by the Cleveland Indians. Okay, that's, you, a, that's you, a huge difference. You were highly so, recruited no, by the No, that's Eagles. what I'm saying. I'm saying you were re- being recruited. I was not re- recruited by we, no major league team? Well, you were being recruited by, by – I was being looked at. There you go. I by, wasn't being. By I was being D three, D
1: three, or D two. Uh, I college. I don't remember.
0: I was. I was five, six, seven years old when I wanted to be a yeah. major league baseball player. You but were like I was looked at because I was Dominican. That was right. it. That was the only well, criteria. Just, all I'm saying is there's a yeah. huge difference. I I wanted to be when I was five, six, seven years old because I well, wanted to be. To your surprise,
1: Indian. I yeah. wanted to be a major league player. That was my first dream. But I then figured, I wanted yeah. to be in the military.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think
1: that, and actually, I am of the opinion that had I been born in the U. S. I would probably have joined the military. Okay, that would have been my career.
0: Probably. I thought about going into the that or Marine police Corps. officer. I thought about going in the Marine Corps. My dad's police officer, so yeah. I thought about Marine Corps law enforcement. I thought yeah. about all that. Um, I used to think that I could make it into Navy Seal. <laughs> maybe Eric, maybe you could. You're a strong guy. I think I'm, would I would have been a be strong more, guy. I think I would have been
1: more of a seal than a Navy. You are
0: you are physically strong. You're mentally strong. You are someone that you probably yeah, could ahead. have accomplished ahead, that. Yeah, I think you could accomplish yeah. anything you want to accomplish. Wow, you're so encouraging. I'm going to call
1: you Barnabas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the son of encouragement. Yeah. Thank so you. So let me ask you one, my, one more question. Yes, please. And I love this question because we were just talking about the gospel, but uh, this will be, I think, this will be a good segue out. Uh, when Jesus said, "Let this cup pass from me," what was he referring to?
0: Uh, So you're speaking of when Jesus was in the garden. It was the night of his betrayal. Uh, You had
1: Peter, John, and uh, yeah, Peter and John, they they were were sleeping.
0: sleeping. Yeah, uh, Jesus is there, and he's praying to the Father. It's the night of his betrayal. And James, right? Judas is about to come with a mob of people to arrest Mm -hmm. him, Um, and he would soon stand trial, which really wasn't trial. It was was ridiculous. But um, So yeah, Jesus is in the garden. Luke's gospel account tells us that... While he was in the garden, he was praying, he was sweating drops of blood, which is a known medical condition, Yeah, that when you're under great duress um, and, and there's heaviness... That's a picture right there. ...that that you can sweat drops of blood because of the amount of duress and strain that you're under. And so Jesus is recorded in the Gospel accounts as saying, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. And so the cup that Jesus is speaking of, um, I, I believe that this is very widely agreed upon by most commentators pastors Mm -hmm. theologians is jesus is speaking of the cup of the wrath of god that is going to be poured out on Mm -hmm. him because of the the sin of man right and so jesus is in the garden he knows what's coming uh he has predicted his death his burial his resurrection uh the prophet isaiah isaiah chapter 53 spoke about the great uh punishment and and um you know, weight that Jesus would carry. Isaiah 53 actually says it pleased the Lord to crush him. Speaking of Jesus. And uh, so Jesus knows what's coming and the wrath of God that's coming. So he's he's praying and Jesus being fully God, fully man, I believe in, in his humanity as he's sweating great drops of blood under great duress, is praying and asking the Father, Father, if, if it's your will, that, that his wrath would not have to come upon him. But the key, I think, part of that whole prayer is that Jesus' conclusion after saying that is, you know, Father Fisher will let this cup pass from me, but not my will, will. but your will be done. And so, yeah, so the cup that Jesus is referencing is the wrath of God that's going to be poured out, and that's what would happen, and ultimately what Christ would endure... And, and, you know, and Jesus made statements that would very clearly back this up. When Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost, Mm -hmm. I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as As a ransom ransom. for many. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Jesus was on the cross, he would ask, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Right. He was experiencing the full outpouring of the wrath of God so that we as followers of Christ would have forgiveness, reconciliation with God, and we would not have to endure the wrath of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's what he was referencing. And uh, in spite of knowing that's what was coming, he still desired to fulfill the yeah. will of the Father.
1: I think that that phrase right there is one of the toughest, or or not just toughest, but I guess mind-blowing things that Jesus said throughout His ministry. Yeah, because you want once one part of it, you get to see fully in this place His humanity, right? Yeah. You, we talk about how He was a hundred percent man, a hundred percent God. You get to see His humanity. To the extreme there, but also you get to see his his submission to the Father. But think about what Jesus was saying there. Like he's really he really understands the heaviness and the and the difficulties and how much of 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 a pain and a wrath he's gonna be experienced from God because of sin. Yeah, and so to think that Jesus willingly and happily, in a sense took that up on himself so that you and I didn't have to take that. That's mind blowing. Yeah. You know? And and, and, yep. and, and for us, like, that's a phrase that we shouldn't just be reading on Easter Sunday or, or on Good Friday. You know? Yeah. That's something that we need to be reminded. This is the picture. This is how much this is what it costs for us to have the gospel today. Like it was not yeah. an easy Thing It's like the gospel is not just something simple that we get to sing on Sunday here on in church. Like, it, it came at a great cost. Yep. And Jesus demonstrates that by even simply saying, God, if you could let this pass, if this cup pass from me, yeah, you know, let it be so. But let your will be so, you know. Yep. Uh, I think that's, to me, that's, you know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I mm. lay it down. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a willingness on the part of Christ to lay down his life yeah. so that we could have forgiveness. Well, he
1: said it too, no greater friend exists than one who lays his life for yep. his friend. Yep,
0: so, it's, so it's quite a, it's that's, a picture. But again, that's the good news, right? Gospel means good news. Correct. So the gospel of Jesus Christ or the good news concerning Jesus Christ is that, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said that Jesus Christ would come, live a perfect, sinless life. He would die on the cross, be buried, rise again the third day, be seen by witnesses that there's forgiveness in life through what Jesus has done. Yeah. And uh, and that's the message we preach, right? That's the message mm-hmm. as believer, all of us should be sharing. So. And that
1: should be what in, in will then encourage us, what should drive us to live a life that brings honor and glory beyond the pew, right? Yeah, absolutely. We come on Sunday, we celebrate, but every other day, Monday through Friday, or Monday through Saturday, we should be just as passionate and as yep. committed to the Lord as we were the day before when we were sinned in the goodness of God, right? Yep. Excellent, excellent points.
0: Yeah. Um Eric... People might have questions. What's the phone number? If the they phone have number, without looking us, at the page... If they have questions to text in... Without
1: looking at the page, but also looking at the page, will be three three zero three three one six four five
0: three. 331
1: yes. 6453 Backwards yeah. will be 3546-133-033. Yeah. Three, three, yes. three, three. Yep.
0: Excellent. Yeah. You read that. Excellent. On point. You want it in Spanish? All, all podcasts, you've been on point. Like, you've been on it today. Yeah. And I think it's because... Go ahead. God has used enough. you in so many ways over the last several weeks. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Missions, camp, kids ministry, preaching Sunday. I mean, you've been well. He hasn't used me that as yet. A, as a father, as a a husband. Wow. Um, you have been you've been at it and so we appreciate So when, when, let me ask you this question we appreciate done, you taking when, the time when to when we get done with this podcast are you
1: gonna go to the restroom and you're gonna wash your mouth because no, this is what? so out of character like, what are you, are you talking about I, you've this been, is so out of character I've known you for five years listen, four I am, and a half
0: I am just thankful today. and I've never seen this form of Bruce I am just thankful today that you are with us beyond The Pew wow. sharing your heart and it's been good wow. and I think people appreciate so it as what matter is a matter of fact what is the question you want to ask as a matter of fact if people are watching this I would love for them to comment underneath the video, thank you, Eric, for being here. Thank, yes, thank, thank, thank you, just thank you, Eric. That would be fantastic to see that. Listen, I, the question yeah, we nah. want to ask, we ask every single podcast is... Except what, last week, because yeah, Steve, Steve, Steve didn't know Steve didn't know because he never watches it. What is your life like beyond the pew? Yeah. And we hope it's honoring to the Lord. So yeah. we'll see thank you next week. Thank you for week. tuning in, guys. Thanks.